Welcome to Splatbook, the RPG Topics podcast. If this is your first episode, we talk about genre in tabletop RPG design. This show is brought to you by the generous donations of the lovely backers of the MapCro Patreon. If you would like to show your support and receive monthly asset packs of digital terrain and minis for your virtual tabletop gaming, head over to patreon.com slash MapCro and pledge today. My name is Kyle, and today with me is my favorite podcaster, Andy. <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome. Hey, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, but my favorite game master is also here with me john oh thank you okay <laughs> you know this does uh bring up an important question you know what happens kyle when inevitably somebody else becomes your favorite game master instead of i know Jones? what are you gonna are you gonna admit it i'll yeah. do what i've been doing since the beginning and lie <laughs> <laughs> all right well you say andy's your favorite podcaster but you don't know this andy's actually my favorite hitler assassin he's actually Whoa. a time traveling hitler assassin and uh, not a lot of every know word that, of that sentence had me more nervous than the last. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to bring Andy on today because we are starting a podcasting network with him and his co-host Chris Salzman from their podcast Roll for Topic, which uh, I uh, both John and I have been frequent guests upon, and uh, was a major inspiration for this show. So if you haven't already. Go subscribe and download some episodes of Roll for Topic, or check out their website at gmdiscussions.com. And as for what our future plans are for our podcasting network, well, you'll just have to watch this space and find out when, when we figure it out. <laughs> uh, so Andy wanted to talk about um, weird history, um, and we're going to define that. I maybe just defined alternate history, but... Um... And, and then time travel, holy crap. We have like, we have already identified like three subgenres, and, and, and now I we know. have this complicated Venn and, diagram. And, and Andy's hardly even... opened his mouth and he picked the topic, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start there. So, uh, Andy, when you say, when you say the word uh, weird history, the term weird history, what does this mean to you? And uh, yeah, why, wh what, what games are you thinking about when you use that term? Yeah, well. My sense is that weird history is a in a in a tabletop RPG sense, let's say, is a historical setting in which something alien to the the story of humanity on Earth. I, I want to distinguish it from like all of those. It has all these subgenres that are that are related. You know, they all have one foot in each other's space. There's alternate history. There's like secret history, kind of conspiracy history. I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me out. Right, exactly. But you're talking about something more like uh, history. History may even be the same as we know it, but there was something weird behind it we didn't see. Like, like as soon as you said this topic, like the first thing that came to me was, was a Doctor Who episode mm. where... He went to a country estate and hung out with with Queen Victoria, except also werewolves. Yeah, like but every but history didn't change. There were just werewolves there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and I think that was sort of the the that weird history when you said that. That's what I immediately thought of. Yeah, I I think of the novelist Tim Powers. Oh, to yeah. me, he embodies a a lot of what at least I think of when I consider this genre. And he is operating within weird within real history, but he. Uh, is is poking at the parts of of our history that seems 
a little strange and unusual even to us. And he imagines what sort of supernatural or bizarre explanation lies behind that. Could you, could you, to back that up, since I can't do it justice, could you explain the plot or at least the premise of the stress of her regard by Tim Powers? Because it's, it's brilliant and you should tell Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, please. I'm fascinated. The stress of her regard suggests that Byron and his contemporaries, Lord Byron, were vampires or entangled in uh, a kind of a network of vampires who served as their supernatural muses. It follows somebody, a fictional character who gets pulled in to this little society of real historical characters, follows him across Europe as he uh, tries to disentangle himself from these vampire muses is that a good description of it john that is but but again nothing is different right like yeah like frankenstein still gets written you know like like everything Mm. is the same yeah i think i think this is really interesting because when i so the games that really jump to my mind when i hear weird history is something like uh dogs in the vineyard or um Mm -hmm. or or flames of freedom uh, which are are not even trying to be this whole like weird stuff happened in our history, but nobody found out about it. Like it is just like from go, like this is a different weird history. There are sea monsters in the Boston Bay and everybody just kind of lives with it. Yeah. <laughs> are, are such games uh, pertinent to our discussion today or shall we throw it out in favor of uh, of, of something else? No, I think John and I, John and I, maybe just because of our personal interests in this subgenre, have been drifting into like that secret history or or mm. hidden or occult history, uh, which is looking at you know kind of what's what was really going on underneath the normal history that that we that we perceive when we look back. But I think like Deadlands is a good example of a popular yeah. tabletop RPG that's just full on like. Uh, this is it's kind of an alternate history but it they slather the weird on so heavily right and to just go through and def- define a couple of these games so deadlands is it's basically the old west with zombies i know that's reductive and i don't wish to insult deadlands yeah and maybe key thinking back to what Kyle just said is that in deadlands you know this the alternate or the the weird part of the history is is out in the open everyone knows about the zombies or at least lots of people do yeah it's not a secret uh, the weirdness is is known and evident to anyone who wants to look they have rocks made out of ghosts in deadlands <laughs> <Yeah>. so yeah <laughs> and then this is this is to further split hairs here this is really interesting because that reminds me of blades in the dark but that takes place not on earth this is not like an alternate history this is just its own like paranormal steampunk thing and not really weird history in the same way because it isn't patterned off of like agreed upon world history events yeah to me one of the big questions about this is what is the purpose of the history part we all get the weird part because we all like weird stuff and i say that partly because a lot of games we might say as falling into that weird history genre. Don't totally sit right with me. I've played a reasonable amount of Deadlands, but for me, that system has layered on too much weird so that I no longer feel like I am playing in something with a connection to real history. Like I la- I don't have that thrill of like, oh yeah, my my character was there, whatever, at the Battle of Gettysburg when the dead rose uh, from the battlefield. Right. Uh, 
my character was there at an important event um, that had some weird elements attached to it. And it becomes a little bit closer to just what I would call like weird fantasy, which is also a wonderful genre that I love. But, um, but I, the history should, to me, the history should mean something, even if I can't articulate right now what it means. What do you guys think? Well, like, let me give you an example. There's a story. There was an army that marched off and then just disappeared. Yeah. Varus's Legion. Yes. But what, when I hear a story like that, I'm like, well, let's do that campaign, right? Like the (laughs) entire world is set up for you. It's Roman time Britannia and this group of soldiers disappear. But what is it about that that makes me want to play that so much? Is it that you want to find out what really happened through a game, like uh, a Roanoke, like to pull it back into more of the Flames of Freedom realm, like what about the Roanoke colony? You know, is that enticing? And Those stories are super enticing in a world that is completely familiar, but it has something that just we don't have any knowledge of. And it's just such fertile territory for, well, let's just make up our own, right? There's always this curiosity about what did that what happened there right that could we play that out in the game like you say andy and 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 discover something fun make a fun narrative in an otherwise understood world yeah if i could put my artist hat on for a little bit uh do you ever take it off kyle i i don't but i just want to warn everybody that it's it's (laughs) it's coming (laughs) on i think that games like any art the purpose of it is to ask questions about ourselves and the world around us. And I mm-hmm. think that is why, so it's not like, it's not like we actually believe that by doing a weird history game set in Roanoke, we're coming to any conclusions or facts about the past. Uh, but we're still exploring some curiosity about um, what happened there and what we would do in uh, a, a perhaps a heightened version of that same situation. Uh, and I think that's something that role-playing games do very, uh, very well and also like very earnestly. The, the kind of emotional bleed, the, the, the ability for fake emotions about your fake character to affect your real heart is not there as, as, as much in other games, at least for me. Um, so I think, I think this is why I, I, I find, even though I've never, I don't think I've ever run a weird history game I love the idea of it. So yeah, I think that's my answer. What if, I wonder if there's also another element to this that kind of weird history as a genre and as a game allows us an awful lot of of weird history that springs to mind to me is stuff that asks like, what if this thing that we kind of believe were true? Like what Mm. would be the implications of it? So like if you think of a game like Ars Magica, where the mm-hmm. outright premise is this is real history, except the cause the cosmology and spiritual world operates exactly according to the mechanisms that medieval Europeans believed that it did. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah. It does. And I and I wonder like like sometimes I'm gonna get philosophical for a moment, but but sometimes when you when you are too certain or you know too much, the world is kind of less fun. I think why people are 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 attracted to those things in the same way that we are attracted to weird history is that uh, it it does scratch an itch. You know, something that lurks in the background, I think, of this topic is that there aren't too many quote historical RPGs that have really. Uh, stuck around and become mainstream popular. Like almost mm, all of no. the 
RPGs that made it big that had something to do with history had a pretty big asterisk attached to the word history there. So there's Call of Cthulhu, mm. which is set yeah. very explicitly in usually the 1920s. Uh, and many of its better scenarios do really evoke that time period. But um, but there's that big asterisk of, oh, and you're hunting, you know, the Cthulhu mythos. Uh, right. And like there's a bazillion World War II RPGs that have come and gone. Um, some of them really good. And almost all of them also have that like uh, we've added some supernatural into this or to oh, some yeah. conspiracy occult into this. And I wonder you know, if our interest in world history reflects a desire, a desire to engage with history, but like maybe what John was talking about, like a, a desire to do it at some in really clearly expressed distance so that we don't, uh, so that we aren't actually bumping into real history, which gets awkward and confusing and, and ugly and mm. offensive and scary and complicated. But there's yeah. no world war ii game that i could tell you about right um but the good world war ii comics that there used to be like are things like the haunted tank right where, yeah. where it's not really about world war ii it's about something else going on in that setting and i think your point of call of cthulhu is the same kind of thing right it's it's not about 1920s europe or 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 um you know new england it's about Cthulhu and investigators into weird happenings that happened to be said at that time. Is that a, is that a distinction that makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Thinking about real world atrocities as a colorful backdrop for, you know, uh, player shenanigans is a pretty insensitive way to do it. I think that's something that's, that's the, that's the reason why I think some of the, the weird history games that have actually become popular are really lean into the weird is because um, I think we are constantly, we look at our history and we are frightened by it. History is pointed at us in a way that fantasy uh, is not, that fantasy doesn't point to us, but it's not quite so accusatory. <laughs> right. So one thing that uh, I wanted to pit to like bounce off of you guys for your reaction is that that this that weird history and its kind of uh, cousin genres, alternate history and secret history. I do you think it work? These work better on like a scenario scale than they do as sort of a setting for a campaign or a whole game scale. Oh yeah. And I ask because when I think of popular culture instances of this, I think of TV shows like Sliders. Um, mm -hmm. Stargate games like Torg or the strange um, where uh, these instances of weird history, like what if the British had dragons in the battle of Britain? Like that's cool and weird. I don't, I don't know if you can, um, I, I feel like it might be easier to deal with that as like a, Hey, for this adventure, this episode of our game, we're going to a world where dragons fought in the battle of Britain. Uh, and then we're, moving on to something else because these kind of oh, what if type of questions do they have you seen examples where they really are strong enough that they can support a whole campaign versus just going in playing with the idea for a little bit and then backing back out of it that's a what really good question i love that, that is question. a great question I, th I think what strikes me about andy's question is 
because we know history, it's not really conducive to the power fantasy. Because even the most powerful people in history, they all die. We don't we don't cut roll credits at the highest point, and it's just like I wonder whatever happened to Caligula. It seemed <laughs> like he really had the run of the place, right? You know, like in the, in that way, I don't think, especially in American play culture, history doesn't uh, fit into this kind of character progression power fantasy thing. Uh, that so often uh, that we need for a long-term thing. And I think we're not going to do a whole year set, you know, answering the question of what if Roanoke, but aliens, you know? So I'm curious uh, if, if you guys have any kind of favorite pieces of history that you would love to kind of weirdify in some way and, and why, Ooh. Like, like when this topic came up, did your mind kind of go to a, an idea you've always kind of secretly wanted to run as a GM or something. I mean, I, I have specific games. I, I, I want to run flames of freedom and I want to run dogs in the vineyard at some point. Uh, but I don't know that I have a lot of like the weird history kind of stuff is basically just fantasy. It's like, yeah. you know, what, what if, what if medieval manuscripts were the, were the monster manual kind of thing, which is, I think a very different, different thing but yeah how about you john i would go for that the the scenario i keep i keep um coming up with is are these historical events like like um you know the disappearance of the roman legion and, mm. and stuff and playing those through as a game I, i've sort of already spilled my hand is, is that's one of them i would very much like to um sort of mash up sort of fairy tales and folklore in world war ii what if a platoon of soldiers made the wrong turn and something very weird yeah. happened to them that had an outcome. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why there's a twilight episode, twilight zone episode where they go back uh, world war two tank. Yeah. No, I remember that. Also the final countdown when the aircraft carrier, when the Nimitz or the enterprise from the 1980s goes back and, and can stop Pearl Harbor. That sounds amazing, but uh, I'm afraid that name has been forever ruined by uh, Job the Magician. Uh, the <laughs> I know. Job Countdown song. Uh, sorry. I was going to say, to answer my own question, uh, if, if I were to create a setting, a weird history setting, I would be very tempted to look at um, the life of uh, Julian the Apostate, uh, a Roman emperor who tried uh, during his tragic and doomed uh, reign to revive a kind of paganism and to restore Rome is sort of the last gasp of pagan Rome before Christianity became the dominant cultural, religious and political force in European history. (laughs) And I just often think if the, if these pagan gods were real in some sense, if there was ever a time when they they could have flexed and stepped into the world uh, that it would have been then. So like, what if he, what if he returned from that uh, campaign against assassinates as a, a triumphant ruler with, you know, these, uh, the banners of these pagan gods and uh, all of the aesthetics of, uh, of, of the classical Rome he wanted to revive, you know, what would, what would that world, what would it have taken to have him that happen? And what would that world look like after that? It's a little bit alternate history, but I would want to get some of that supernatural. You know why I like that example? Like the further you go away from your current historical and political context, the mm-hmm. more quote unquote harmless. I mean, you can make connections all the way back, right? right? But 
But Andy's example is particularly good because there's no immediate connection you can make to something uncomfortable and unpleasant in our current world. And that makes that really fun. That's why I like that so much. I, I think part of maybe unleashing some weird on your history is just looking at what people actually said and thought to explain what was happening around them and see and asking what would happen if that were the case. What did, right. Why did people think the Black Plague was spreading? You know, like, mm. what if they were right? Yeah. And and then you have an adventure, right, where where you can solve the Black Plague. Now, that is a super fun adventure, and I would I would run that. But I think it also goes back to Andy's point, but that's probably not a campaign, right? It's it's solving a yeah. problem of history. Yeah. 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 It it makes me think too that, you know, the weird part the weird part, I think, needs to be you know, somewhat carefully thought through. Um mm. It can't just, you know, you wouldn't want to just use this as a way of of just like, I can't deal with this real topic for whatever reason, so I'm going to plaster on some weird real quick. Look, now we can handle it. You know, like, what does what does the type of weird you are bringing to this, how, how does that inform, like, the experience you're going to have? And how does that kind of get you to whatever your sort of goal is in doing this in the first place. A lot of people don't think that role-playing games are art, but I think the fact that we're having this particular discussion, that question, it's like, how do we thematically join the weird with the historical for some kind of meaningful impact in, in that synchronous? This is, yeah. this is an art question. Yeah. Look at, look at, uh, I mean, again, drifting to horror. Thanks John for, for pulling me sideways into horror, but you know, I mean, the, <laughs> Horror movies, you know, are always talking about, you know, real cut fears and anxieties and stuff like that. But the type of horror you use to talk about it is, you know, an important part of what mm. you say about the anxiety and what sort of experience you have. You know, imagine, you know, think about how effective Alien is and mm -hmm. swap that out with other types of horror and it, it stops saying the same thing that it that it does. In well its, said, well uh, said. Original form. The weird in the weird history is oftentimes horror. It's not usually like good things that are happening to history. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> weird history that's is very point. rarely like, what if everyone got along? And that's the yeah. weird yeah. thing about history. This what time. if there was in a war? What if instead of World War II, they sorted it out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not even uh, that's really interesting, Kyle. I can't believe we haven't we haven't we haven't caught on to that before now in this discussion. The fact that it almost always means adding some kind of horror to whatever you're doing. Um, you know, you never see settings where like something neutral has created the weirdness. Like, I don't know, grab the rules of gravity have changed. You know, that's pretty weird, but there's yeah, no setting that not... does that, but there's 500 of them. That imagine that like, you know, demons from hell have returned. Um, and are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. it's because we fundamentally believe our own history is about conflict. So if we're going to add more history to it, like a like a counter history to it, then that must be a source of conflict as well. One of the favorite things I ever heard on a history podcast is a podcaster going, look, conflict sells. That's why the news should just be called the bad news. But if we're <laughs> honest about history, like like 95 percent of it is like people in a in a field tending to their sheep or the equivalent. Right. Like mm. that's most of what humankind has done throughout their history. Mm. But we focus on the five percent that is dropping bombs on each other and great leaders doing stupid things. There is that sense that, you know, we are just drawn to these. Um, we are drawn to the conflict, like you say, it sells. Um, and it's 
And we use that conflict to kind of define who we are in a way we don't use like 400 years of relative tranquil peace, right? Right, right. I'm reminded of a quotation that I've heard from Daniel Kwan from the Asians Represent podcast. Whether he came up with it or not, I think about it a lot. And he says, history is not the past. The, the History is kind of like the stuff that we bother talking about and disagreeing with. But it is not the actual lived experience. It's not the oh, first person experience of. Yeah, of that's fascinating. Uh, yeah, well, he has he he comes from like archaeology and and like museum programming backgrounds, uh, and then now has has kind of like made this wonderful space for this like vital dialogue in the tabletop RPG industry. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's Asians, Asians represent is absolutely worth checking out. There's one last question I was hoping to to sneak in here, and that was maybe like, can we sort of can we create an appendix end for this discussion? I'm curious, what's the media that like gets you guys? What's the media that uh, inflames your imaginations uh, for weird history, like books or TV shows or etc.? The first one that comes to mind, and I don't even know if it counts, is the Thirteenth Warrior. Uh, I've been really thinking about it a lot and wanting to revisit it. It's based on a Michael Crichton book called Eaters of the Dead, which is a way better title. (laughs) 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 I'm always inspired by um, the the further back, the more inspired I am by it. So I'm, I'm always curious why. You know, fan. I mean, I'm not curious. I think I know why fantasy is often in in the Middle Ages. But what about a fantasy setting in Assyria or ancient mm. Babylonia mm. or, um, you know, something like that? Like like um, uh, American, you know, Native American First Peoples history has fascinating folklore and history, um, and we we sort of only start counting it when when white folks showed up. But I mm. think there's there could be a wonderful. Um, weird history in there right that well wouldn't that be amazing wouldn't that be yeah. an amazing game there's, to play so. there was i there was this recent um recent kickstarter project uh that that fully funded called coyote and crow i think we're still yes. waiting for it to, to come out but it's kind of it's kind of jamming on some of some of that idea but I, i'm pretty yeah. sure that's like a that's like a a future i think that's i'm glad you brought that up that's what made me think of it i'm like well that would be a great what a great setting. But yeah. I should mention, I've been making my way slowly through a recently released RPG called Haunted West. Mm. Uh, it's by the guy who wrote the Harlem supplement for Call of Cthulhu. Harlem Unbound. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Chris uh, Spivey? Spivey. That's the one, yes. Yep. It is, uh, it's a huge book. It's like 800 pages, so it's taken me a while to work my way through it. But it it's, um, among other things, it really, it, it aimed, it talks about, uh, you know, kind of the quote weird West, which is, you know, a really popular, uh, you know, see Deadlands and, and other games, uh, weird type of weird history, but it, um, you know, it expressly in- opens, uh, the genre to all of the, uh, people and faces, uh, that, um, either were overlooked or that are, you know, our genre doesn't usually allow to participate in that sort of story and but i have to say it's pretty promising so far that sounds pretty good yeah i also want to say like probably the less serious like weird war like dc bronze age books is something i would also recommend uh Mm -hmm. because like there's a real kind of like playfulness with this kind of stuff i think there's even a book called the war that time forgot that's about like you know 
cowboys versus dinosaurs and UFOs and stuff. And it's just, I think that's a really like that needs to be in the conversation. It doesn't have to be like this dour horror stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Tim powers already. I, I had to call out like a writer, you know, from within the tabletop hobby who I really think is pretty influential in this field. And that is just uh, Ken height. Um, you know, you, I think yes. you guys have talked about him a lot, but he wrote this series of columns for pyramid magazine called suppressed transmission. And in each uh, episode or whatever each column he would look at another weird thing in history and talk about gamifying it and it it's mm. fantastic um if you haven't read those they are kind of attached to the GURPS system so there's you know there's that but the the content is is, is really fantastic and it's still the discussions still hold up really well and i think you know there's a lot of meat in there about like so how do you actually make a game out of this like cool um, dinner table conversation topic uh, of what if, you know, I guess the only other thing I throw in there is Dr. Who they've done so many wonderful oh, yeah. time travel episodes back to, they went to a Hooverville one time um, they went to, you know, see queen Victoria. They, you know, they do all these goofy things and, and it's sort of like alternate history, but it often comes up as, making it wacky and entertaining and i you know i'm a big fan of wacky and entertaining. the 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 back in the 60s it was actually pitched originally as an educational show so huh, right. the, the big history thing uh and like i think like this the first arc of the game they go back and like see the invention of fire and like the caveman politics of fire and it's yeah. a william hartnell story it absolutely is amazing and and you should watch it <laughs> yeah but yeah, I enjoy my my weird history wacky as well. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You if you haven't revisited it, the very cheesy show Sliders that I mentioned earlier from the 80s or no, it's the 90s had John Reese Davies in it for yeah. a little while at least. Uh, yes. Very cheesy show. I'm not gonna say that it uh, don't hang you your know, reputation. Is a, a higher yeah. quality uh, piece of work than it is, but it very enthusiastically like explores all of a bunch of like kind of dumb and kind of cool scenarios some of which are alternate history some of which are definitely a little closer to the weird i, I find i watched some of those episodes with my uh, with my young son uh it, during the early pandemic years and i i found them curiously kind of exciting that's awesome uh, just yeah so and uh the last name i wanted to to drop here is uh is foucault's pendulum the novel by umberto echo is and it's kind of a it's a novel about a secret history. So it's not weird exactly, but it's pretty weird. And they're uh, part of, you know, the weirdness it, it puts forward is the idea that, you know, like history isn't operating uh, by history, isn't operating by the rules we're taught and told that it is, um, but that by these kind of secret occult, uh, you know, threads of, of causality. That's a neat, it's a neat book. It's uh, it's not a credulous book. It's mocking that perspective, but it but it is nonetheless a good one for. Um, I mean, if something strange happened in the last five hundred years, and it I it is definitely mentioned in the book uh, and tied into the nice. plot somewhere. So, well, I think I think we've just about said everything there is to say about this. Obviously, we've exhausted all topics, and now no one ever has to talk about weird history ever again because yes. we've done such a good job. <laughs> 
And remember, real history is horribly depressing, so make sure you play lots of tabletop RPGs. (laughs) Splatbook is a proud part of Roll For It Media. Be sure to check out our sister show, Roll For Topic, wherever fine podcasts are purveyed or on their website, gmdiscussions.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app of choice. It really helps us out. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Latino. My YouTube channel is Mapcro. And you can subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Mapcro. And you can follow John in your hearts. Our intro music today was Traveler in Time by Uriah Heep from their 1972 album, Demons and Wizards. And of course, our outro music is the final countdown from the album of the same name by the band Europe in the year 1986. Stay tuned for some tangents cut from our conversation with Andy. So, uh, did I succeed, guys? Uh, I didn't tell you, but I was sent by the Roll for Topic podcast to sabotage this one uh, by being... I knew uh, it! Yeah, so uh, I'm just curious if if uh, I've I've torpedoed this podcast successfully. Or, I was uh, just going to tell Kyle I yeah. was quitting. I was, yeah, I was afraid. I, I mean, I was, I'm afraid to say that your efforts to sabotage this actually put you in closer alignment with the goals for the show. (laughs) So I think we actually had like a truly, like I was not expecting, I was not expecting to really kind of go some of these places today, but I was, I was really happy with this discussion. I I think it was great stuff. So Andy, you, uh, you graciously invited me on as your co-host two years ago when, when Chris was having a baby and now look what you've done. I, this is, I know. <laughs> this is what this is what you've gotten yourself. I uh, you're now a guest on my podcast, Mister. <laughs> I honestly, I have such fond memories of that. It's like hard for me to believe that actually happened. That like Chris just ducked out for had to duck out for a couple of months, and then you were so willing to join on. That that was a wonderful little period in role for topic history. Like it was nice because I got to try out podcasting, and then I didn't have to do anything. And um, and I got to be in a podcast, and then um, I thought that would be the end of it. And then Kyle said, uh, "Do a podcast with me. You won't have to do anything for that podcast either." <laughs> You're wrecking all of like our parents' generations' like platitudes that they used to tell us by with your rule of. Look how much you're accomplishing without, quote, having to do anything. Like, it's kind of, it's upsetting the Calvinist in me. <laughs> you're like, let's do it. Like, let's not just chat every once in a while. Let's, let's make a project out of it where that I can spend three hours well, editing once a week. That also <laughs> comes out of a, a, a millennial failing, which is uh, if I want to have friends with people, we must be working on a project together. Otherwise, we will not talk. So... <laughs> Yeah. Are we just talking about weird history broadly or did we have kind of a more focused uh, way to go with yeah. it? Weird, weird history and Chris, like, so yes. shall we amend the topic? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's the only history of Chris I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Chris objects to anything we say about him here, uh, I just want to point out he was invited. <laughs> <and declined. laughs> so this, this podcast is like, well, yeah, we were going to have both of you. And now it's time to point out this is like Thanksgiving. The one who doesn't show up is the one who gets talked about. So I'm just saying. <laughs>
I, I think part of maybe unleashing some weird on your history is just looking at what people actually said and thought to explain what was happening around them and see and asking what would happen if that were the case. What did, right. why did people think the black plague was spreading? You know, like mm. what if they were right? Yeah. And, and then you have an adventure, right? Where, where you can solve the black plague. Now that is a super fun adventure. And I would, I would run that, but I think it also goes back to Andy's point, but that's probably not a campaign, right? It's, it's solving a yeah. problem of history. Yeah. 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 Uh, that would be super fun. Now you've got me thinking about running my Save the World from the Black Plague campaign. That's only six, <laughs> it's only six sessions. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think uh, buy in in our particular historical moment right now would be a little difficult to navigate. <laughs> yeah. Some people, Nobody wants but, to play uh, that game with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that that hits the escapist vibe you 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 seem to think it does. Um, but uh, but no, I I do think. I, I do wonder kind of like, you know, even since since we're talking about the pandemic now, if if so right now, like the board game pandemic has been discontinued. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I, I didn't see. realize that, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're just like they can't sell them. So they're not making them and, and they're not selling them. They're just like. But I have huh. a feeling, you know, it, 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 if we ever get on the other side of this, it's going to take on. Uh, a resurgence in a way i think like the idea of striking back and do make taking proactive steps is going to be like really appealing for some people uh you know so yeah i I kind of wonder i kind of wonder about that i have one more idea i want to throw out about this and and maybe i'm just making this up but what is i can tell you the first movie i watched during lockdown anybody else watch uh contagion um, early in the no. Uh, pandemic, <laughs> no. Okay, so there's a fan fascination. Some of us, those of us who like horror, and I'm looking at you, Andy, right? Like, like there is a fascination with alternate versions of what is currently occurring, and there's some kind of comfort through. I don't know. I, I, I'm not articulating this very well, but like when my wife said, "Let's watch Contagion," I'm like, "Let's do it." Like we, <laughs> this is like right yeah. at the beginning, you know. And I would bet that there was a spike in rentals of that movie That's in the first two months yeah, of, and of the you, pandemic. You know, you, you know, you can't deal with the pandemic in real life, but right, right. In, if you reduce this, you know, if you temporarily and artificially reduce the scope of this problem to a one and a half hour movie, you can yeah. have some of the same feelings you would get making it through the real pandemic, you know, but with less, with less stress and anxiety. Also, like, like I'm not sure Contagion is a horror movie, but if it had a darker ending, I guarantee I wouldn't have watched it, right? So, you know, I think that brings together sort of both your points about why are you doing this, you know? Yeah, look at, look at. Uh, I mean, again, drifting to horror. Thanks, John, for, for pulling me sideways into horror. But, you know, I mean... Well, I thought you might like to talk about it on this podcast, since whenever you try to bring it up with Chris, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Back to the pandemic movie habits, something that I've never watched before the pandemic was horror movies. Um, Oh, really? But I I I took this is interesting. I took a long break thinking I couldn't handle them anymore. And then during the pandemic sort of started watching them again. Yeah. And I've heard this from several other people, too, where it's like and I think the idea is that you have this like pretty intense focused anxiety at this thing that's not happening to you that when the credits roll that anxiety can be over. Yeah, I got to drop, guys, but um, good stuff. I got to I gotta run, too, but thanks very much, guys. This is awesome. I really... Good to talk to you, Andy. It is 
it is fantastic to talk to you guys. So yeah, and thank you so much, Andy. Uh, this this was so much fun. All right, awesome. Uh, how do I exit out of this? Just close the window.